what do you think for you gave you that like i'm worth more or i'm worth passive income like there's an understanding changing time for money right and we obviously go back to rich dad poor dad the basics of of time for money but what gave you this gumption to say i'm worth more i'm worth actually building something that pays me whether i continue to do it or not yeah i mean you are listening to gathering the kings with chaz wolf featuring fellow seven eight and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be we welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. This morning, I've got Joe Sullivan on the King stage, another Kansas Cityan, my brother. How you doing? What's up, Chaz? Local guys here. Yeah, Happy man. To be here. I appreciate you being here all the way across over in Olathe. <laughs> yeah, a total of 20, 25 minutes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I told, you, told this to you before we hit the record button, but I, I really am looking to level up the studio here and have some folks come here. And uh, gosh, we've had a lot more people from Kansas City on the show than I than I would have thought, but it just pushes me every single time. I'm like, man, I really got to do this. So soon, coming soon. Joe, tell us what kind of business that you have, brother. I am a multifamily owner, operator, investor. Love it, love it. Everything multifamily, right? Yeah, all, all multifamily. No, at least I try. No shiny objects in there for me right now. So. <laughs> it's uh, tough when there's money involved, but I get the get the idea of focus. Well, there's a lot of people interested in multifamily. And so I think we're going to have a great conversation here today. I was even telling you that I've got folks in my mastermind group. These are big business owners. And a lot of times guys are like, look, man, where do, what do, where do I put my money? And obviously you and I both have invested in real estate at a pretty, pretty nice clip. And so I think we'll be able to give some value to the listeners as well as you know anybody who's willing to take a look at the investing route. I want to know, Joe, before we get in kind of like the nitty gritty of your business and a little bit of your story. Why? Why multifamily? Why are you a business owner? Why not just work in corporate America? Like, what's the deeper seated burning desire of Joe Sullivan? Yeah, well, I did work in corporate America for 12 years after school. So that was, and that was probably the thing that pushed me away from corporate America is to, to, you know, be in control of my time and my family's time and really just being in charge of my own destiny. That That's, that's the big why, you know, I've got four, four kids, four girls, ages 11 down to two and wanted to, you know, I'm doing this for them. Essentially. You know, I have a, I have a, I feel like I have a greater purpose than that. I haven't really pinpointed exactly what that is. I will find it someday, but I just have this feeling yeah. and the, you know, the first and foremost, it's for my, my children and their yeah. children. Yeah. And did I hear you right and say you had four? Yeah. Girls? Four girls. Yeah. Four Girl right. dads. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, I've got three and one, one snuck out of my son. So we're, we're sitting pretty similar, but man, those girls, they wreck you. They wreck that heart. Yep. Yep. Dude, right before this. Yeah. Right before this call, actually, cause I work from home. The baby was up giving me pouty eyes cause I had to go down to, to work. So. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how how old leave. is the baby? 
She's two, just over two. Yeah, she turned yeah. two in March. Yeah, yeah. My three-year-old, soon-to-be four-year-old son, will say, "Daddy, you going up to do 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 just one call?" Uh, yep, just one call. Be right out, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I appreciate you taking the time away from the family this morning, but also love that real estate and really passive income is really what we're talking about when we talk about multifamily and real estate. The lifestyle that that, that provides for both of us has that all was that always. Like, was that part of you transitioning out of corporate America, just time for money exchange? Or was it like this bigger, like, I don't want to work for the man? What, like, what, what made the transition? Yeah. So it, it really started with just kind of running from the corporate handcuffs. Yeah. I mean, I was really, it was really running from that job and just, just the idea because I was there again for 12 years. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think, frankly, just became a number. And it was very dispensable. I realized ever, you know, after about halfway through, real started to realize that I was just a number. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so I so I started looking for alternative sources of income. Really, was just kind of like a side hustle at the time when I was yeah. doing it. And then found you know found out quickly that I that there was something there, the passive income. Really started over over consuming and educating myself with podcasts, YouTube, you, you know, you name it, books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and getting educated and, and landed on multifamily, and the, you I mean you named it. Cash flow is the name of the game, and the passive income to kind of buy back some of your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that you're right about the the number feeling. I mean, whether the entrepreneurs listening today are involved in real estate or not, some I'm sure are. But <clears throat> I had the same feeling, you know, of working for a big company. In fact, I was a top salesperson, and I still felt like a number. Not yeah. that you like expect special treatment or anything, but you're like. I mean, come on, there's a little bit of value here, but, but it, it's just straight in and out, in and out, in and out. They didn't care. And so what do you think for you gave you that, like, I'm worth more or I'm worth passive income. Like there's a, there's an understanding changing time for money. Right. And we obviously go back to rich dad, poor dad, the basics of, of time for money. But what gave you this gumption? To say, I'm worth more. I'm worth actually building something that pays me whether I continue to do it or not. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, so the company I worked for was actually, it's a, it's a very, you know, over a billion dollars in annual revenue, but it was privately held. So the, the guy that, you know, owned it, he, he created it from nothing, you know, yeah. very talented guy. But I was, I was making him a lot of money. I mean, candidly. So it was, it was like, that's like, why am I, why am I doing this for him? Basically... I'm working for him and creating his dream. I'm helping him create his dreams. So it's like, what about my dreams and yeah. for my family? So for me, it was a little bit of a light switch at one point. It's like, I'm working 60, 70, 80 hours sometimes, you know, crazy hours for somebody else right? for their dream and for their family. It's like, why, why let's, let's pivot and do this for my family. Yeah. I loved how you, how you made the transition too. You didn't, you didn't just jump off the cliff and put everything at jeopardy necessarily. Although I've had plenty of people on the podcast are like, look, burn the ships, jump. Your story is more similar to mine where it's like, okay, although I did leave originally for, for business, but I, I, I the real estate game was like, look, man, I just want to make a ton of money and then super conservative, dump it all into real estate. And so do you kind of live along the same lines or maybe, maybe have, you know, the people that you're working with is there's like this build up your money, put it into real estate. Once you have the cash, you know, the cash flow or that passive income, then step away. Is that kind of what you did? Yeah, definitely put as much as I could into real estate. 
uh, even to the extreme of ticket, you know, taking out different type, you know, 401ks, things like that. Right. Uh, I could go down a whole rabbit hole about that, but, but yeah, put, put as much as I could into real estate to, to create that passive income to be able to replace her. I, I came not completely, wasn't completely able to replace my income, but at that point, it was just a matter of if I'm going to bet on anybody, I'm going to bet on myself at that point when I got, right. I got close enough. And, uh, and yeah, and the other thing I, I didn't mention earlier was I didn't want to wake up someday and, and have my, like my children asking me like, dad, why didn't you do this? Or, you know, I, I don't have a regret. So played, played out the worst case scenario in our head. My wife and I, we played out worst case scenario. And, you know, at the end of the day, the worst case scenario really wasn't that bad. People have it a lot worse than, than what I consider would have been my worst case scenario, which would have been at the time, probably selling the house and moving in with family and then going back to corporate America. And that's right again. not the, you know, it's not the end of the world, really. There's people having a lot worse than that. Yeah. Where do you think that you learned that? Or, or was that, is that something that a mentor told you or a, a book? Cause I feel like what, what we can do in that moment is if we can minimize, you don't want to be unrealistic about the worst case scenario, but if you can just make it real, just look at it for what it is, then, then like what you just did is you're like, well, what do I have to lose? It, it makes the decision of jumping or taking a risk that much easier. How did you learn that? Well, it wasn't from my family because they're very conservative. Most of them are educators, teachers, okay. administrators. So that was not in their DNA. Um, so it was, for me, it was, it was podcasts, reading books, and I think maybe even listening to it on bigger pockets episode. I don't, I can't, I can't tell you like the moment in time or what I read, but somebody right. kind of played out a similar scenario. Like what's the worst, what's the worst could happen? Yeah. You know, in my, I was in my mid thirties at the time. So a little bit later than a lot of people who do this, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really just get, getting educated. Yeah. Yeah. Along the same lines, I want to, I want to ask your opinion on this. Cause I've said this actually recently here se several times to people in person and as well as on the show <clears throat> is that once, once I got the, the nut, you know, the monthly, whatever I needed for my family covered by passive income, where I knew it was going to come in no matter what it, it gave me another sense of freedom in my business. Even like I had already taken the risk to, to, to get into business. I've got multiple businesses. It's like, you know, it's a risk festival over here. <laughs> but uh, what I have found is that with the real estate piece of, of, the, of my plan, at least, is that it's given me that much more tolerance or maybe just excitement to play the game where I'm like, I don't, I don't need to worry about the nut. We just, we just go hard in all these different areas because I'm not that concerned about it because of what we've done in real estate. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think once you hit that, you know, I call level one financial freedom. Right. It just, you know, kind of, it opens things up for you for sure. So I mean, there's different levels and I'm in a couple of different masterminds and one of them talks about the different levels and I'm still slightly over level one, but, you know, pushing really hard to get to level two. And uh, you know, they talk about the freedom at each level, p you know, peace of mind at each level. Can you, can you give us a little snapshot of what level one, two, three is? Yeah. I mean, level one is just being hundred percent financially free. Level, I mean, it's really simple. Level two is being two X financially free. So two okay. times your, your monthly expenses and then yeah. level three is, you know, three times and so on and so forth. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. That I, I like that. I like that a lot. When you, when you got the nut covered and you got some savings going in for the next deal right? and for the next risk, I, I love that. That's, that's the game to play right there. How, how would you suggest someone listening right now who maybe isn't in real estate at all, 
Maybe they're even a successful business owner. Maybe they're brand new. I don't know. But they're not in real estate. What's their first step today to get to level one with real estate? My first step, and this is what I did, you know, first, I mean, first small step is get educated, but really to take action. I know that's maybe contrary to what some people say, but I mean, my, my first action was buying a duplex. So it wasn't massive. Like you're going to lose, you're going to lose everything. It's just right. take some type of action, get in the game. And if that, if that means you're investing passively with somebody sure. or you're buying a single family, but just get in the game and, and get, and, cause you, once you get in the game, you surround yourself. You inevitably surround yourself with people in the game who are doing it at a higher level. That's right. And it's just a, it's just a domino effect from there. So, so my suggestion would be take action, not, not on ed, not uneducated action, but, but take action. Yeah. I love the, the little caveat there of the very first thing is education, podcast books, like you said, but don't, don't live in that frame too long. You can still continue that frame, but you don't want to stay there only without the action. I love, I don't know if you follow Alex Hermosi, but. He talks about learning by doing quite a bit. And so, I mean, that's exactly what you just said. Like get in the game, figure it out. Cause, cause you don't really know until you're playing around and you go, oh, you know, and then on top of that, you get in there and you learn a duplex and you're like, okay, well, this was fun, but I don't really like make gobs of money from this. So why don't I go take these same skill sets that I've now learned and apply them to, to something bigger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Not only do you not make gobs of money, you make very little money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at the same time too, you're not exchanging that much risk. Like you said, like go buy something that's, you know, not very risky. What you're doing is learning the game. Like you said, you're just getting in, learning it, getting around other people. I think that's just incredible advice. So even for somebody who maybe could go buy a duplex cash, like go, okay, fine. Just go do it. Learn the game, get in. Right. That's right. Yep. For sure. Tell us, I've, I've kind of already pinpointed you a little bit here on, on a good decision, but I want you to tell me if you can look back at your history, a good decision that you made that was like, oh, that this one right here just this is the crux of all of my success, or at least a good majority of it. What, what would that one thing be that you would just do over and over and over again? It was joining a mastermind or educational group. For me, it was multifamily because that's that was the asset yeah. class and the route I was going. That's right. I invested in it's. You know, technically it's an educational group, but it, there's also a ton of masterminding that goes on, goes on in there. Everything from there kind of started to, like I said earlier, domino effect. That was the, yeah, that was the, that was the first step for sure. Yeah. And, and I've had obviously, you know, hundreds of guests at this point, and many of them have said this exact answer. I'm curious from your perspective, because even before we hit the record button, we were just kind of chatting back and forth about different things you got going on, different things I got going on. And you said, Hey, also too, let me know about your mastermind. Which is obviously like I've had some guests join, some guests not. It's not a big deal one way or the other. There's plenty to choose from. My whole point through the, the education of the podcast is get somewhere, meet somebody somewhere and get yourself leveled up as far as your network goes, which you played right into that. So it's great. So, okay, you're, you're saying go get a mastermind, go get this education. But for the guy that's listening right now who has never done this, help, help him understand the value because I can tell you firsthand before I understood I didn't understand. That sounds really like, okay, obviously, but there's just like this veil that comes back and you're like, whoa, this is like a whole nother world. Describe. Yeah. I mean, the first time I actually heard the word mastermind from people that were doing this, I gave massive eye rolls. So I was like, you guys are arrogant and like, oh, really? What, what's, what does that even mean? So I, I hear you. So somebody masterminding is just surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And frankly, my goal is always to surround myself with people who are doing it at a higher level than me. 
I want to be the dumbest person in the room. And if, in these groups, most of these groups, you'll be able to, you'll be able to accomplish that. Especially if you're a newbie, you'll get educated, but you'll also just be around people who are crushing it. You know? yeah. And it, it really pushes you. I would say it's not necessarily competitive, and, but you know, you, you see somebody have success and it's like success leaves clues. So like, what, are, how are they, you know, how are they doing? How, how did, for me at the time, it was like, how did that person buy a 150 unit apartment complex? Right. Like, I want to be, I want to be in their, you know, in their proximity. Yeah. So, you know, just get in the room and, uh, and it, you know, just follow, follow their lead essentially. Yeah. I, I like how you've described it's not necessarily a competition, but rather like a transfer of courage, you know, I like, like that you yeah. get into the room, like you said, and you're like, oh man, if Joe can do it, well, surely I could do it. I like Joe. Joe seems cool, but like. Joe puts his pants on like I do. Chaz puts his pants on like I do. Like, there's nothing special about you or me other than maybe my beard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, the, the, the reality here is that anybody can do it. And so when you step into a room of people that are at a high level, I think it's twofold what you just said. Like, number one, I can learn from this person. Number two is you realize if he can do it, I can do it. And that's the transfer of courage. Would you agree? Yeah, that's a great, great phrase there. Like, yeah, I, I say that all the time because I, you know, I, I'm around people who are doing, you know, incredible things. But, it, you know, when you, you get to know them, you're like, well, they're just, they're not much different than me. Or, or maybe they started two years before I did. It's yep, like, they're oh, just wow, down. they're doing that. Like, okay, I'm just, it's okay. I'm happy for them, but yep. I'm going to do that someday or, or bigger. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've got one of my mastermind members. He said this when he first joined too. He obviously stayed in the lane, but I was just asking for some opinions the other day, just about the value of the group and stuff. And and he said, "Look, man, I had I knew just by meeting you and a few of the other guys that I was going to have to show up each time leveled up, regardless of any information that I learned, regardless of any relationship that I was even building yet. I just knew I was showing up to a room of players." that I had to just level up each time because I knew that they were leveling up each time. And it's like that even in itself, this energy, we don't, we don't even say anything. Just know that I'm getting my stuff done. You're getting your stuff done. We're going to the next level. Man, you don't want to get left behind in that. that that's the competition or the, like the, the rallying spirit that you're talking about, right? That's right. Yeah, I love that. It's good energy, man. What about a bad decision? Something that, that you did that we can, we can stay far, far away from. <laughs> yeah, so after I had started my journey in multifamily I had already acquired a couple you know I think a 40 unit and a 60 unit property I had I kind of dipped my toes back into a single family mm. with a friend and business partner that we I already done a deal with and a lot of my mentors had told me to you know, stay away from the smaller stuff and I didn't and that deal has been a, frankly has been a nightmare mostly because it, you know, we went over budget. That wasn't as, as big of a deal because real estate over time, you can kind of weather the storm there, but it was more about the time, the, the time it took me to acquire and, and rehab and do the work with the partner. I could have bought, I don't know how many apartment complexes at the same time and, you know, made X amount of money, more money. So I got shiny object syndrome. I think I mentioned that earlier and, and that was a mistake for sure. Yeah. And I think that actually it's interesting because real estate itself can be potentially the same thing for an entrepreneur. So it, an entrepreneur listening today and they've got a business in the trades or technology or marketing, whatever, and they know that <clears throat> assets, passive income, all this stuff, cash flow that we're talking about is like, oh, yes, yes. 
but their biggest asset is their business. And really what they should do is take their money and probably invest it with guys like you, uh, unless they're building their own team or they've, they've, they've got these systems kind of in place. But the value of what we're talking about that everybody should be doing could be potentially the same shiny object syndrome. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just, you know, stay in your lane. Yeah. For me, it's stay in my lane, stay right. focused on, on my criteria. And I mean, I get, I get pitch deals all the time in different asset classes and it's just, right. you know, if I, if I want to invest passively, I'll do that. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump over to self-storage and try to become an expert in self-storage right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think even for myself, for somebody who has run multiple businesses and invested in real estate, I'm, I'm even myself learning that's a good deal, but I'm calculating, like you said, the time that it would take. And I'm like passing on deals or looking more at the deals where I can just put in money and go, mm, that, that actually seems a little bit more in my lane now, because although I can do the deal and I love finding the deal and negotiating the deal, I love all the little pieces, man. Is that really where I should, you know, live day in and day out? Probably not. You know what I mean? Right. All right. So, so stay away from shiny things. Yeah. How do you, <laughs> That's okay. how do you, how do you really do that? Because Joe, you and I both know that opportunities come across every single day. Yeah. And it's hard to say no. It's hard to actually stay away from the shiny, but like, are you building a resistance? Like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I don't have like a secret recipe. I have a, I have a criteria okay. that, I, that I look for in deals. And if it's outside that criteria, it's just to know. So yeah. like I said, I, I obviously didn't follow that early, earlier on, but yeah, I mean, I have my, my buy, I call it buy right criteria. And yeah. if it's, if it doesn't fit in that, in that box, then, then it's a no. So yeah. but I think, I think most entrepreneurs are wired that way to, to get distracted. So, you know, you have to have the discipline. Yeah. 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 It's a muscle. You know, when you say no. It feels odd at first and then it feels good afterwards. Would you agree? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you'll see somebody else doing the, you know, similar things and, you know, jumping asset classes or something like that. Right. You just, you just know that it's, it's slowing them down from, from what they were great at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff, man. What you said, kind of like this, uh, this buy right box or, or a buy box of sorts. Is there anything else that you have? When a decision comes across your desk where you're like, okay, this is the, this is the formula that I follow to try to make a good decision. And this doesn't have to be about buying real estate necessarily, but just decisions in general. Uh, well, so I, I always try to take a long-term view of, of okay. everything. So I plan on living for a very long time and being around for my, my children, grandchildren, great, you know, great grandchildren. So anything I do, you know, even if it's, you know, eat, eating, exercising, those types of things, I, I, I just look at the long-term um, long-term view. So uh, buying assets is the same way. I want to hold them for as long as possible. That's yeah. my, that's my criteria. So I don't, I, I don't buy older assets because eventually they're going to deteriorate. Right. Yeah. For me, it's just, you know, long-term vision. Love that. Love that. Again, a little bit of that discipline, right. Of looking at something, maybe even a little bit more thoroughly than, than, than you're used to, or maybe just a different consideration of the future. So that way you can make a decision today that maybe isn't as easy or maybe as popular. Yeah. Well, and some, and sometimes it, for, for me, it's about partnerships too, because, you know, I have a lot of business partners, you know, naturally in real estate investors and, uh, and, and GP, you know, co GPs and deals. Yeah. And if they don't have the same vision, the long-term hold vision that I do, then it's, 
kind of an easy decision. So if they want to, if they yeah. want to flip out of deals and be more transactional, then it's not my business model. So I look at a deal that way and I look at the people I'm partnering with in the same, same light. Yeah. Understood. Do you think that that same <clears throat> application, I mean, I, I know it does apply to business, but from your perspective, you know, an entrepreneur that's not in real estate right now, how, how do they take this discipline and put it into effect? Not in real estate. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same thing. People, even people you hang out with, like, you know, your friends, if, if they're not aligned with your core values, right. you know, similar things, then, you know, I, I, I say this and I don't mean harshly, but firing your family or your friends. I talk to my wife about this all the time. I don't mean literally like cutting them out of your life, but just, um, sometimes you just spend less time with them because they don't, you know, they want to party and things like that. And, right. and you're more about focused on eating healthy, living a long life, spending time with your kids, those types of things. And if they, right. if they don't, if they aren't, then, you know, just naturally over time for me, I just spend less time with them. Yeah. Yep. Which I think is a natural progression, but <clears throat> I think people feel bad for it. You know, sure. we have this kind of like quote unquote obligation, you know, to family, friends, people who we grew up with, whatever it is. And the reality of it is it has to be a mutually benefiting situation. Otherwise, why? <clears throat> right. That's right. What I'm picking up mostly, I don't want to just point this out to the listener, is that everything that you've done or that you're currently doing is just super intentional. From the time that you spend with people to the buy box of what kind of property you're buying to how you're making dis disciplined decisions for the long term of future generations, it's just really, really intentional. You've you've just taken the time to like plan out your answer, not necessarily in a slow format, but in a format to where when you get to that decision, it's it's easier for you to make the right decision because you've already decided ahead of time, this is how we do things, or this is what's valuable to me, or here's how I'm going to spend my time, family, or whatever. Would you agree with that? I, I yes, completely. I have my, you know, my wife and I have mapped out our 10-year vision, five-year vision for our family and our life and our businesses a big part of that. So you just reverse engineer everything, you know, backwards down to three years, one year, um, even to a month and week and yeah. day, you know, I time box for my day. So everything, everything that I do is intentional, like you said. And it, you know, I really came from a mentor of mine a few years ago when I joined that group I mentioned, the educational yeah. group. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've seen how, what he's done with his family and his life and what he's built yeah. and, and really just try to soak up as much as possible from him. And uh, you know, I'm really kind of copying what he's done candidly. Yeah. And uh, why not? Uh, I, yeah, I love it. So it's so just try to try to use, you know, you know live by your core values and, yeah. and think think long term. Love it, love it. Let's go to the speed round here, Joe. What would you say uh, regarding KPIs? I kind of like to say it like this: If you can only pick one thing to track inside your business, what would that one thing be? For me, it's going to be retention. You know, customer retention tip, uh, more specifically, it's like renewals for leases. Okay. It saves us money. And, you know, in, in a lot of cases, the last couple of years, it's been in, increases in, you know, in the, in the rent too. So yeah, makes us more money and saves us money all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and for maybe those that aren't listening, it's not just like you, you wrangle people into a contract. You actually have to add value because <laughs> there's lots of places that they can. They can live and especially in the nice classes that you're purchasing in, there's a lot of amenities and a lot of things that those people are looking for. Of course. <laughs> you got to keep the, keep the property in tip top state, right? Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we'll offer amenities package, you know, like a new, a new lighting package or offer to clean their carpet or something like that for, right. 
for a, a lease renewal. Just we have various packages we offer to the properties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really what it what it boils down to <clears throat> is experience, which it which transcends any business or any industry. And the retention in any business is never going to be there if there's no experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay. What you've mentioned a handful of times now, education, platforms, or or, sorry, podcasts, books, what would be a good recommendation for you if somebody wants to grow their business and, or maybe get started in real estate? I think for, so for me, the one that I've really used a lot in the last year, I'd say is Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. I'm sure you hear that a lot, but really has helped me scale, you know, trying to find, you know, how to do it is is one thing, but you know, find the who, and, and to help you get to where you want to go. So that that's that's really changed my my business in the last twelve months or so. Yeah, and and simply just from growing your team or leaning on the people that you have already, give us a little bit more there. I think more specifically for me, like to get really nuanced is finding people to help raise capital. So sure. yeah, want to buy a they larger per- right? You want to buy a larger. You know, for my example, we want to buy a larger apartment complex. You need more capital. And, uh, you know, th- that there's a finite, finite amount of capital that I have. Um, it, you know, it runs out. So find the who that has the capital or who can source the capital. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. One thing I love from that book is that it called me out for the procrastinator that I am, except for that I'm not a procrastinator. I'm a doer, very much similar to you, where it's like, look, man, just, just hit the, hit the box list, like just start checking, you know, just do, 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 right? Uh, but inside of that, we get busy. We get busy with a long list and things get pushed down. And when I read in that book that the, the things that get pushed down repeatedly over and over means that you're procrastinating. And I'm like, no, I'm not procrastinating. It's just further down a list. Regardless of how you look at it, it's an indicator that you need a who. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. And it's like, man, because I, because it's not like I have a problem eating the frog, right? There's some people that just need to eat the frog and get started and not procrastinate. Like I eat like four frogs at a time. Like, let's go. But <laughs> the, the list gets long, man. And that's a, just a really big indicator at this point in my life where I'm like, ah, time for another who. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that was a great recommendation on the book for sure. One of my favorites. What about uh, your family? We've talked about this a little bit as far as like cash flow and providing lifestyle, that type of a thing. But how have you been able to obsess over your family and the business at the same time? Because I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, obsession, not balance. I don't believe in balance. I believe in the things that make us success, successful in business are the same things that make us successful in our family, which is obsession. How, how, how do you do them both at the same time? This, I struggle with this a lot because, you know, just working Crazy amount of hours, but uh, I mean, I, I time block. So we have a shared, my wife and I have a shared calendar and I know when you know, I have four kids, three of them are in sports and activities. And I know when they're doing the sporting event, I even coach some of their, some of their teams I and mean, I time block and I just have some non-negotiables, you know, when they have, when they have events on the weekends, I don't travel for, for events. And so my wife and I, we meet every week, we go over our week to come. We, we only do like a date night or coffee or something. Yeah. And uh, we meet, we go over a week and uh, we, you know, we time block our week out, talk about what's going on. And, and yeah, so it's, it's just really for us, it's just putting it on the calendar and, and then just not making exceptions to, to certain things. Yeah. I love that. Which is obsession, right? Like if, if you were going to put a podcast on your calendar, you, you would show up unless something crazy happened. Right. 
Same thing with your family, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that equalization of priority, right? Like I did that for a long time. <clears throat> I said that my family was important, but it was, it was actually lower on the priority. And, uh, and I would, I would sabotage those moments. I was even good at time blocking, um, but I would fill it with other things that I like, oh, but I got to do this, but I, oh, I got to do this. And I still do it sometimes to this day. But the reality of it is, is that we're always trying to like, you know, go back and forth, family and business. And yeah. it kind of like all flows together, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think creating some non-negotiables is, is really important. At least that's, that helped me a lot. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss a game for, for a, an event type of thing. So yeah, everybody's got their own, whatever, whatever that is, but just creating those that you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna break the rule for, right. I'm not going to go watch a, uh, a basketball game with my buddies, you know, and skip right. my daughter's right. volleyball game. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, it was super relevant what you're saying from just a conversation I was having yesterday with one of our mastermind members. We've got an in-person event coming up this coming weekend, and I've been looking forward to getting some time with this guy. And he's got a great business, and and we just super like-minded, and and he's becoming one of my close friends. But he texted me yesterday and was like, "Man, I've been trying to play the puzzle game, and and he's got a daughter that's going to prom, and his son's in a baseball tournament that just popped up because they won last weekend, and." This other thing, I can't even remember what it was. And he's like, dude, I've, I've sliced the pie every which way I know how, and I can't come. I'm like, you know what? I'm bummed, but bro, it's your family. Like, it's your, it, like you're doing the right thing. And, yeah. and not that he was asking for my permission at all, but the encouragement of like, hey, that, that's the right choice, number one. But then number two, we're going to have a lot of time to talk business. Like, don't worry. Sorry. You know? All right. Sometimes guys, especially high performers, need to hear that. And they need to hear that, like, you did the right thing. Go do the family thing. We'll have plenty of time to mastermind. That's right. <laughs> All right. Last question here for you, Joe. I got, I got a question around your history, maybe. Let me say it like that. If you had an opportunity to whisper in the younger Joe's ear, what would you say? I guess if it was like in my 20s, I would say, go for it. Go for it earlier. I waited. I waited till I was in my mid thirties. A lot of it was because of, you know, loving family, but just risk was not something that people in my family were akin to. And right. so it, it just took me a long time. So I would whisper to, to you know, go for it, invest earlier. Yeah. So, you know, something with that effect. Yeah, yeah. Especially that last phrase there, that invest earlier. I think that you know any any. 80 year old or, or 50 year old for that matter, looks back and was like, oh man, if I had just invested earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I would also tell, the, tell myself to travel a little more early on. Yeah. Yeah. A little harder with kids, but yeah, you know, the, the, the fun part is, which, you know, Julie and I have adopted this where <laughs> you think about all the work and the, and the debris that comes with traveling with kids and, and you kind of just got to like put that put that behind you and go, you know what? We're going to have an absolute blast. We're going to live life in a different area for a little bit and kind of, kind of get past all the, the difficulty of it, but yeah, you're right. Joe, how can we connect with you? Maybe the listener is like, oh, this is my dude. I want to invest or I want to learn more about real estate. I believe that you even are a real estate coach and you offer services around that. So maybe if someone wants to connect with you in that way, how can we find you? How can we connect? Yeah, I do. I have a website. It's joeydts.com. You can find me there or email me at joe at joeydts.com. And then I'm, I'm on all, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn as well. So 
you can find me in any of those places. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate the opportunity, not only for you just to download some just incredible pieces of your story, but just being honest and helping us kind of work through a few things here this morning. Blessings on your family and all your properties, all the things that you got going on in 2023. And we appreciate you being here, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.